This episode of Says Who is brought to you by you through your support of our Patreon at patreon.com slash says who. Not looking at the screen, Maureen. Our Patreon, where every Sunday you get an entire bonus episode of Says Who. You get me and Maureen Look at, talking to you. Look you at, give it the 5 or $10 a month level. Look at my dance. My eyes are closed. And Look at, if you give it that same $10 a month level, you get a sticker in the mail every month. As a member of the Says Who Sticker Club, that is all available to you at patreon.com slash says who i had my eyes closed for that whole thing i was dancing I could the whole tell time you were trying to distract me no it seemed that way dan yeah today i'm going to refresh a little bit and go back to basics and say stevie bell mysteries yeah i'm, I'm working on a new one now you sure are so if you haven't gotten on the stevie bell train and it's okay if you haven't. I, it's not. That's not what this is about. But I'm just saying, you start with truly devious. You don't have to. You could start with the box in the woods. It, it, it totally. The idea is at this point they're completely standalone. So you could literally hand someone the box. Would you think you could hand someone the box in the woods and they could just totally? Oh, it's, definitely. It's just a mystery story with the original are a trilogy, right? But these kind of hard to pick up a mid, the middle one or something. But mm-hmm. uh, but yeah, box in the woods, easy. This is a standalone. The one I'm working on now is a standalone. They're all just standalones. I like that. Anybody can pick them up, but it really helps me a lot. If you read them or if you've read them and you like them, you'll leave a little review for them. Um, Anywhere, even on that that site we don't like to talk about. Because sometimes people look there and then actually buy in a real store, which is the best burn of all. There you go. I love that. But so today is just a little pitch of reading some Stevie Bell mysteries, maybe leaving a little review if you got a second. Because I will tell you something. As the author who occasionally has to go back and look at those pages, the bad reviews always float to the top. 100% of the time. Like they could be really, really good. And then the one that's like, this book stinks like feet will always be at the top to destroy to destroy your spirit. This week I'm just asking. Is that okay? What are you asking? I'm asking people, you know, it's read a book or leave a review. Yeah, it seems fine. Is that all right? Yeah. I don't want this to be transactional, though. That's the No, thing. it seems. And I'll repeat it again. The supply chain problem is a real. <laughs> so if you want uh, books for the end of this year or the holidays or anything like that for gift giving your own personal use or some nefarious purpose, you probably want to get the physical books like now. It's true. There's just all kinds of problems with the shipping um, and like it, things that used to, when they used to be able to send a container of books for maybe $2,500, sometimes now it's like 25000 so, Oh boy. Yeah. It's all messed up. So, books. I'm dancing. I like that. I like yeah. that book song. Books. <laughs> Uh, and you can also get stuff from us at merch.sayswhopodcast.com. I need to add a bunch of new things here for the giving season that's approaching, and we'll be doing so over the next couple of weeks, and you will be able to get those things at merch.sayswhopodcast.com. And it's a good thing, Dan, I was just thinking about shopping because I just got all my well the first bit of groceries for this week so for this week yep got a you got well, I, a meal some kind of meal planning going on well yeah for thursday for thanksgiving i've got okay. i don't eat i don't eat turkey so i'm getting a i got the veggie ro- you have to get those sometimes those veggie roasts are hard to find so i got the veggie roast i'm gonna do the brussels sprouts you got, i don't like for I, i'm fine with mashed potatoes do you are you gonna have mashed potatoes or are you having mashed potatoes uh, or what do you have? Um, y- y- yes, potatoes. Would you roast them for... or do you do mashed ones for Thanksgiving? Oh, probably roast. I'm actually, I'm not a big mashed fan, but I do like a Thanksgiving's on Thursday. Yep. So, I mean, yeah, of course. Right. What kind of pie are you going to have? I know that's your thing. All the pies. We like 
pies Thursday. You're going to have apple? You say. Pumpkin? Yeah. Sure. Have you, have you, yeah. I was like, you probably eat turkey. Is your turkey defrosting it or whatever it is yeah, people do I'm, with them? Okay, I'm... What's the matter, Dan? Are you not I, ready for Thanksgiving? I didn't know that. How is it? It's not really Thanksgiving on Thursday. On Thursday, Dan. You didn't no. get your turkey yet. It's not. Dan, I did don't, you not get your turkey yet? I swear it hasn't even been Halloween yet. Dan. Huh? You, if you don't get that turkey today, there's not going to be any turkey for your, your kids and they're going to be sad. I don't. I don't know. Unless you want to do veggie, in which case I could talk you through What that. time of year it is. A lot of people always say to me as a vegetarian, I'll say, how do you do it? I'm like, I have been doing it for 24 years and I'm having a great time. You're really not ready? I just, I'm not Dan, sure. Dan, it's Thanksgiving on Thursday. I don't know that it is. And it's Christmas the week after that. That isn't. New Year's is tomorrow. Oh, boy. I'm just messing with you. How do you feel? How do you feel? It's October, right? Welcome to Podcast that isn't a podcast. It's a coping strategy. I am Dan Sinker. And I'm Maureen. Oh, oh God. This is going to get old fast. Is it? Oh, thank goodness. I'm not It is it. October. I looked it up. Is it, though? Today, when this episode comes out, is the 13th of October. Dun, dun, dun. I will tell you, I um, I went into a big box hardware store this weekend, Maureen, dun, dun, because dun. I needed to buy some rocks. And uh, you, you what? We um, we park along the side of our house in the mm-hmm. alley, and uh, over the last year and a bit, some large divots have formed where we go. So now suddenly, parking is like driving through uh some deep holes and uh they fill with water when it rains and so that needs to be sorted before uh the winter comes or they will be big patches of ice and we will not get the car out uh so i had to buy some rocks i bought uh eight big bags of rocks and they filled one hole so uh but anyway this is going somewhere. I know where you can get rocks outside my house because sometimes I steal rocks and then I put them back again. Why do you put? Why do you steal them? For my plants. And then you put them back. I put them just back to when... let your plant visit a rock for a while. Well, no. If the plant dies and I or I don't need the drainage rocks or I repot it or something, I put the rocks back outside. What am I going to do? Okay. Keep them? Dad, as it is. I mean, you always have, get new plants. I have too many plants, uh-huh. and I have. I do not have, as we have established, any outdoors. I don't have a garage. I don't have a basement. I don't have anything like that. Okay. So one shelf in my office closet, of which I need all of, is filled with like the things you would find in a potting shed. Soil, multiple plant pots that I like that are no longer in use. Okay. So heavy motherfucking stone plant pots and things. Yeah. All the stuff that you would keep outside in your shed. Yeah. I have a little mini version of that in my office because I don't have an outside. I just have a lot of plants. And so then you take the rocks back. Because where am I? At one point, I did have a bag of rocks on the on the shelf. And I was like, this is ridiculous. It's straining the shelf. And this is the only shelf I have. Why do I have this bag of rocks in here? So I was like, Oscar, take these outside and hide them. Like Easter eggs, but rocks. I imagine... You dumping rocks like that scene from the Shawshank Redemption where they're just kind of falling out the leg of your pants so nobody notices you doing it. Look, I don't want them to know I took all these rocks from outside. (laughs) If I buy really nice rocks, those I save. But then even after a while, I'm like, I just got too many rocks. (laughs) So I had to buy some rocks. And so I went to a big box hardware store and I thought to myself... I'm going to go see what Halloween stuff they have. 
because, you know, a person can always use some more Halloween decorations outside. And uh, I went in because I could have just kind of bypassed the interior entirely and just gone to the garden center section, which is outside. I went in and the whole place was selling Christmas stuff. Huge selection of trees, inflatable Santas, lights. And I have never felt more upside down in terms of when the hell it was than that moment. 6 p.m. on the night of Thanksgiving, I turn those plates upside down in the sink and I go, it's Christmas time, motherfuckers. Sure. That makes sense. But this is not even Halloween yet. And suddenly I could have bought a snow-crusted artificial tree complete with lighting. Look, Dan, it's 2021. We celebrate whenever the fuck we want. I kind of get that. I I do feel like at this point, fucking hang whatever you feel like hanging. Fuck yes. You know, decorate however you see fit. The other night, Oscar and I did, I realized that we aren't partially... so. We've discussed this a lot, but it's a holdover from when I got sick about, let's see, seven years ago. And I couldn't go out for a long time. Like in the years I was, the first year I couldn't go out, but it, it really yeah. curtailed me a lot. And then, um, then of course, COVID. And I was like, we need to celebrate more. Even if it's small stuff, it's just, I'm really trying to figure out this transition of, when to start doing things. Yeah. And so many uh, comedians or podcasts or musicians I know that in love are starting to go out and do shows again. Yep. Broadway is turning back on and I'm sitting there thinking, I'm not ready. I was offered tickets to a real something I really wanted to see. They're like, you want these tickets? The person doing the show was like, I will give you tickets. And I was like, I'm not ready. I'm not ready to go. Yeah, that's fine. But I don't know what I'm waiting for. Uh, I mean, COVID's still around. No, I know. I just don't know where the when it's gonna what the line is. I don't know right. when I'm gonna see the bright line that says, okay, it's it's okay now. Go yeah. do it. I think that it's okay to be trepidatious, and I think it's okay to kind of move in baby steps. I think that our society is not aligned to that. And that's been part of our problem all along is that it's basically either you're hiding out from COVID or you are just full on dancing on the top of a bar, you know, like there is no in between. And I think in between is okay. The other day I went out with my laptop to try to work, Uh which I haven't done in, I don't know, really long time. Yeah. And I said, I'm going to go and get a cup of coffee somewhere and I'm going to sit with my laptop. And I bought a cup at this place that has an outdoor window and it has an indoor area. Uh-huh. And I so I got my little cup. I was sitting there by, it was too sunny. It was really hot and bright. And I was like, this is really unpleasant sitting here. And the sun's in my eyes. I can't see the screen. So I kept looking behind me at the full cafe that you can't even go into unless you have to show proof of vaccination. Right. To sit with your cup of coffee. So there's a lot of security in there. Yeah. And I just sat at the window like a weird, sad creature just looking in. <laughs> and I was really sitting there going, do I, can I sit in there with my cup of coffee? Dan, I wandered the streets for 45 minutes. I had so much work to do, but I was trying to find a good place to sit. Yeah. That wasn't, you know, where sometimes you can get street hassled a little bit here. Like mm-hmm. randos and weirdos will come up to you and yeah. do stuff. And um, not to put too fine a point on it, Dan, I live near a needle park. Right. And, you know, all kinds of things can happen to you when you're sitting around near a needle park. Sure. And uh, I feel really bad, but I'm also like, I want, you know, they need their space to do their thing and I just need to sit and do my thing and it's all cool. Yeah. I want them to be well, but I also just want to sit with my computer somewhere safe. Yeah. And I just sat there staring in the window like that picture of Guy Fieri where he's just looking in at someone eating fries, you know, just... Uh, I don't know. Can I go in? And I wasted so much time trying to find somewhere to sit. And then I was like, why did I leave the goddamn house? <laughs> I'm a professional writer. I write 
this is my goddamn job. And I'm just wandering the city trying to find a chair to sit in that I think is okay. You're collecting ideas, Maureen. That's what you're doing. So you're much living of living life. Dicking around, trying to find a good place to sit. Yeah. Afraid to go in the cafe. We um we have been kind of baby stepsing with the little one, bringing him into a couple of places that we feel uh, pretty safe about. And uh, one of those places is the library, mm. which uh, be, largely because he has he is a voracious reader. And uh, it kind of just felt like, you know what, let's bring him in. You know, they are required masks. You know, it's all uh, it's all on the up and up there. And uh, it has been a real joy, Maureen Johnson. That kid, uh, I think we brought home 12 books the last time we went. And uh, he just sits and reads all of them. They I are miss uh, him. little Pokemon chapter books. He'll Sometimes sit- put him on a Zoom call with me. I'll read him a book. Oh, he'd love that. Would it? I would be happy to do that. Yeah. Read him a book. You can see our fancy Zoom setup, our living room Zoom setup. I still don't have one of those, Dan. I still yeah. keep, just give people my... Like, even when I do appearances, I'm like, you get my office. Look, my no, air conditioner. Yeah. That's all we, fancy uh, that way. It's fancy we, in that way, Dan. I look at the fancy. People just look at my dumb face. I like that. I like that it's the exact opposite of most people's Zoom setups, where the nice part is off cam. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. And I think that's how I live my life a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> We uh we got a we actually got a living room Zoom set up pretty early in the pandemic, and I believe it is almost exclusively used to play uh, Among Us mm. with, uh, with some of our adult like nieces and nephews. I had a thought but, about that, Dan. I think we should have a Says Whovia Among Us party. It's fun for one night. Maybe we'll set up on the Discord. That's for a good an idea. Hour. I like it. If anyone's it. into that, Discord, someone I think I will get an email like, let's do this thing. Yeah. How many, how many imposters can, or how many people can you have in a... I don't remember, but I know we actually haven't played in a while, but they had just released a new map that is designed for a larger number of people. And uh, we played it with like five people. And it was like, I just walked around for a long time and never saw anyone else. So I think it really is designed for quite a yes. quite a large group. Yes. That would be fun. But yeah, I just ordered a cheap used computer off of eBay and uh, hooked it up to the TV. Works TV. great. Yes. TV. I'm a anyway. Little, little sirens and trucks. Well, yeah. Also, Dan, when I speak to you next week, I will not be here. I will be in Philadelphia. Well, well. Because when Oscar's going to England this week. Yeah. And I'm going down to Philadelphia while they rip out my Oh. Nice. So while they jackhammer the shit out of that, me and the dog, who has a GI issue again? (laughs) Man. I dropped $1,000 at the vet yesterday. Jesus effing Christ. On a dog barfing. I would have barfed if they had given me that bill. Pet insurance, I would Dan. Have just, I would have just barfed right there in front of them. Pet insurance. I get it all back. Well, that's good. So that's why I'm never afraid. To, then when they're like, can we do this test? I'm like, go for it. I just submit that bill to insurance. It's better than normal. It's better than health insurance for people. It's so good. <laughs> it's well, embarrassingly I mean, good. That's a low bar. I know. Let's admit. But it, but it jumps over it. Wow. They pay you in a week. Wow. Yeah. And they don't mm, refuse anything? They've never refused any claim I've put in. Wow. I signed I signed Zelda up the day the day she came home. I signed signed Dexy up the day she came home. No yeah. pre existing conditions. I'm like, here she is. <laughs> Let's do this. Got a clean slate. Let's go. It is it pays for itself usually by February. Man. Wait, that's not what we've meaning that you've paid in January. Yeah. In other words, like it basically within a couple weeks of the year, the calendar year, it will pay for itself or whenever you start to pay for itself. Yeah. It absolutely pays for itself. 
like yesterday, it was $1,000 to get an x-ray and some test. Though you do have to see, I, I tend to be the you'll be fine uh, approach to pet ownership. Like, here's some canned pumpkin and some rice. You'll get better. I'm like, let's let's do it. <laughs> I'll submit the bill. Ah, <laughs> uh, but Dan, Maureen Johnson. We're just idly chit chatting here. We are. We are. Are we here to talk about some newses? We could talk about some newses. Do we want to? I mean, not really. All right. But we could. Let's do it then. There's. All right. All right. Well, first off, a update. The trillion dollar coin remains unminted mm. for now and thusly unstolen by us for now. Last week's episode was animated and it was the greatest thing I have ever seen. Yeah. And then some. So thank you for the animation. It yeah. was incredible. It was, it was, that episode was very fun to edit. And then when it turned into an animation, it was like, this is even more fun. But it does, the coin itself remains unminted. And that's because Senate Republicans blinked mm. and allowed a vote to extend the debt limit to December. Where they which are vowing. In, which is in one week. It's, it, it's tomorrow. December mm -hmm. 1st is tomorrow. I could have said that at some point today and you would have had to really sit and think about it. I woke up this morning. It's been a uh, very rainy and very dark around here lately. And I woke up and it was dark and I didn't. And I looked at my watch and it was like seven something, which is later than I normally wake up. And I was so confused as to what day it was, what month. Like I, it was, I was like, maybe it's Saturday. I don't know. And then slowly everything dawned on me. So yes, there were multiple times today. I still had to continually remind myself that it was Tuesday and that we were recording today up until the point that we were recording. Yeah, and today's Friday. I don't know. Point being, uh, the Senate Republicans who were holding a hard line to uh, not allow a vote if on extending the debt limit through using any means but reconciliation, uh, they did in fact blink they allowed a vote, and in fact, I believe 10 of them voted, to extend the debt limit to December. They are now claiming that they will not comply in December, though that feels a little bit harder. feels like they kind of pulled the rug out from themselves. A little bit of a boy who cried wolf situation now, where uh, it, they've clearly made it uh, quite apparent that they will, in fact, not hold the credit limit of the United States hostage, which is probably for the best. But they're still a shitty people. <sighs> they're going to make the coin, though, right, Dan? Hope so. Uh, meanwhile, Democrats are still trying to sort out their actual spending plans with uh, Kristen Sinema and Joe Manchin continuing to dig in, making everything much harder currently. They are trying to trim, this is Biden and everyone else, trying to trim the $3.5 trillion in social program spending to around $2 trillion. As Nancy Pelosi said, they want to, quote, do fewer things well. Put that, now that's a slogan. Which is <laughs> about as uninspiring a mandate as I can imagine. That's a, just put that on a, on a sock. When, uh, when news organizations were in one of their early rounds of firing everyone and restructuring as the internet kind of, you know, came around and they didn't do shit, the slogan was always, do more with less. Sort of feels like... Uh, uh, that really gets, puts the wind under your sails, doesn't it? <laughs> yeah. But apparently we're going to do fewer things well. Are we? Mm. I mean, the well part feels like a like we're really taking a flyer there. I think the first part's accurate. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> certainly believe the fewer things. Uh, she has now set a deadline for the end of the month for the house to sort this out. Halloween That's tomorrow. Oh, spooky! 
it's not tomorrow. I know that Halloween is not tomorrow because um, half of the bits for the costume for the little one have not arrived yet. What's he going to be? He is going to be um, Hiccup from the How to Train Your Dragon books. Oh. Yeah. We, uh, so the two things that needed to be ordered was like a Viking helmet, which I got cheap and has shown up and which he wears most of the time now around the house, which is adorable. We had to kind of out, it was very cheap. It was like five bucks or something. And, uh, we had to outfit the inside of it with some, uh, foam rubber that I had on hand, hot glue that in to fit better. And now he loves it. He wears it all the time. And then we ordered some, uh, like black fake fur that we'll make a big vest for and then the rest will just be sweatpants and a black shirt or something is he gonna go trick-or-treating yeah we uh last year we sort of abstained i think we went to two houses uh this year we kind of decided you know what i think we can swing trick-or-treating so yeah we'll do some trick-or-treating yeah the funniest thing is i remember when the teen was very little we went trick-or-treating with his best friend. This was in kindergarten. His best friend and her older sister, who I think was maybe in second grade, uh, maybe first, second, probably. And she was dressed as Hiccup from How to Train Your Dragon. And I remember at the time being like, I've never heard of that. And now we're on our second go-round with the How to Train Your Dragon books. <laughs> That's, Dan, I just remember being cold all the time on Halloween. Yeah. Just having to wear many, many layers under, like, by the time I got my costume on, I could barely bend my arms. Yeah. And then frequently I had to wear a coat over it. Yeah. Which is lame. Yeah. The, um, the last pre-COVID Halloween to 2019, it full-on freezing rained here on Halloween proper. And then we actually were going to Disney the next day. On the 1st of November, um, Janice was doing one of the Disney runs. We had to get up very early and uh, the doors of our car were frozen shut. Had to like bang on them and chip the ice to actually get the doors open to get to the airport. And then later that day, we were surrounded by palm trees and it was beautiful. Trick-or-treating in the city is pretty cool to watch. Yeah. I feel like they go out earlier, though. Yeah, I mean, I would say compared to when we were children, uh, where I remember just like roaming the streets until quite late at night, getting into trouble as a child. It was fully dark when we would go out, but Um, that doesn't mean it was that late. That could have meant it was seven. Well, so two things. One, they have adjusted daylight savings time for... Uh, happening now after Halloween instead of before, so that it, it is in fact lighter generally. Was it? Uh, did it used to be? It, you you used to fall back at, in October, if I'm not mistaken, and then the oh, and then the, learned something the, today. The timeline. I could be making this shit up, but I believe that is now. I got to look it up. You have a trustworthy face. Uh, it was. I have, it was but sometimes I'm just hold on. It was real. I don't think we were out late, but it was cold and it was dark. But I feel like the kids in the city are out when it's still light because a lot of them are going to local businesses. That's where they get their candy. So they go to the deli, they go to the hardware store, they go to the liquor store. All right, I'm looking now. Dan is glare of the screen against his glasses. I gotta know. Ah, I'm right. When did it happen? In 2005, oh, interesting. the time period was extended and it was motivated in part by lobbyists from the candy industry seeking to increase profits by including Halloween within daylight saving time so that it was wow. lighter. Wow. So our clocks are, in this case, I'm with the candy industry because the daylight savings is is absolute bullshit. Yeah. So in 1966, daylight savings period was six months long. It was extended to seven months in 1986 and then to eight months in 2005 so that it wouldn't happen until after Halloween. Wait, so daylight savings was extended? Isn't it the other way around? Yeah, this is confusing. So the the time that actually feels good, the time that we live in the summer Mm -hmm. 
is actually savings time. And mm-hmm. then we move back to standard time. Oh, so this is daylight savings Fall now. Fall back is moving to standard. Yeah. I don't understand that. Because you would think that daylight savings, you would want to save more daylight in the dark. Who knows? None of it makes sense. We shouldn't be adjusting clocks. No, we in should abolish 2020 it. 2020 fucking one. It is. We should absolutely abolish it. It is the literal worst. Yeah. If you are the parent of a small child, it is a fucking nightmare, especially the, the fallback, because their whole body wakes up now the equivalent of an hour earlier, and it takes forever for them to get back on track. It is the worst. Also, the sun ends up going down at four. Yeah. Which is the worst. Yeah. It's the literal worst. Yes. Everything should adjust to be daylight savings time all the time. So I'm with you, the candy industry. Yeah. And let's stop it entirely. But yeah, so that's why your memory of it being dark is accurate. accurate. And it may not even be that you're out that much later. It's that the time change used to happen before Halloween. I think that we were out around seven. Yeah, I mean, I'm positive that certainly sort of the once you were able to go trick or treating without your parents, that was like youth gangs running wild. Yeah, I I definitely because it was no fun if it wasn't properly dark. You had to be able to right. see the jack like I see the jack o' lanterns. Yeah. See all the spooky stuff that those, you know, occasionally the people that would make their house super spooky yeah. and you'd be scared to go near it. That was, you know, you had to be able to have all the scary dark stuff. Yeah. Yeah, that's not the case anymore. I will say one of the things that was nice last year was the invention of the candy shoot. Oh, that's right. The candy shoot was great. The candy shoot was great. We were discussing whether we will see the candy shoot this year or if like everything else that people came up with last year to make it all tolerable, it will be discarded. What if I made a candy shoot from my window, Dan? That would be something. Going down over 10 stories. Just... You would need you would need some kind of candy shoot break near the end. Mm-hmm. Just to mm-hmm. slow the velocity down. Mm-hmm. This You'd is be some... knocking kids over with a this Snickers. This is some action park shit where you get a Kit Kat <laughs> from the sky. There's a loop-de-loop that shoots a Kit Kat <laughs> into your face. There you go, kid. What are you, Iron Man? Have a Kit Kat. It's in your eye. It's shoved in your eye. It's just, oh, my eye. I'm like, yeah, happy Halloween, kid. You like your candy? I can't let this transition go, Maureen. Speaking of shooting in the face. Okay. Donald Trump continued to court the hardest core of the hardcore right-wing nutbags this weekend by recording a video for a rally to mark the birthday of Ashley Babbitt, the Capitol rioter who was shot by police trying to climb through a window outside of the House chambers uh, where many congresspeople were sheltering on January 6th. In the video, he wished her a happy birthday and called her, quote, a truly incredible person. Dan, it's now 2021. It's going to be 2022 soon. Yeah. Is he going to run again? Um, It's his... It's his race to lose if he doesn't, I would say, you know, all of this shit that he's doing now. Like, we are in this weird thing where he has become deeply irrelevant to most people's lives. The deplatforming of Donald Trump is remarkably successful. Um, But he is becoming more entrenched and more aligned with the furthest right among them, including it was literally a fucking birthday party for this woman who was killed trying to climb through a window, breaking and then trying to climb through a window inside the house chamber. Is that illegal? It Weirdly, it turns Mm. out to be illegal. And, you know, there is... She, in this far right world, she is this like martyr figure now as if and part of it is this calling to kind of reopen the investigation as if the investigation was somehow covered up. There is literal video 
of her inside, of her breaking of window, of her trying to climb through that window, of a person repeatedly telling them not to do that, and then, you know, being shot. That's not it's not a real who done it there. No. Uh and in, I mean, if anything, the real who done it is how that is the only example of that that happened that day. What do you think is actually going to come out of these hearings about the 6th of January. I mean, I think that we will get a incredibly detailed timeline. We will have a better understanding of how the different kind of pieces in play interrelated and didn't interrelate in terms of how kind of things that got set up ended there. I think we will have a fairly good sense of what Donald Trump was doing or not doing behind the scenes. And I think it won't matter for shit. But well, yeah, I assume it won't matter. You actually said more than I thought that we would actually get a lot of information. Oh, we'll definitely get information, but I mean, we've, it, at every turn in five years, it is not for lack of information that uh, there has been very little action. It is because, you know, I mean, so Steve Bannon, for instance, has been uh, subpoenaed by the by the investigation panel and, you know, he was going to defy the subpoena. And uh, so will everyone else. Everyone's claiming executive privilege. And if we've learned anything over the last five years, that's a pretty effective strategy, you know, because either uh, it will land in court and it will take forever or it will just not be it will not be pursued. The one thing that is interesting is um, the uh, the investigation has asked for a bunch of documents from the White House. And uh, the Biden administration has said they will not cite executive privilege to keep those documents from getting to um, getting to investigators, which is which is good. There have been I can't remember which thing, but there was one of the it might have been a lingering impeachment related lawsuit. Uh, the Justice Department continued to fight it because they don't want to. You know, there is this. And this is part of the ploy, right, is uh, the Biden administration does not want to cede executive privilege, you know. And so if they allow things to move forward under, you know, by breaking executive privilege, that sets a precedent, right? So there's a level that they don't want to set a precedent. And so it's sort of a cynical play where you can play the administration against the uh, House and Senate. So you think it's his race to lose? I mean, I think that it will... I mean, you you can name the people that are going to likely run. Clearly, DeSantis, clearly Abbott, Clearly, uh, what's her name in South Dakota? You know, all of the governors that are like in a race to see how many constituents they can kill are all going to try running, you know, and either they are actually trying to run for president or they are trying to uh, run for vice president, you know, but. And that will largely be decided on what Donald Trump actually does. Only two years, you guys. Yeah. Before we're we're deep in it again. Is it only it will will it be two? Two feels generous. Yeah, I think before we're deep in it, right? I mean, we'll be deep in sooner than you think because of the 2022 midterms. Hmm. That's and then, true. And that will then be kind of the launching block for 24. My gut is we won't know whether he is running until after the midterms. And if the Republicans do well, that will almost certainly mean he will run. And if they do poorly, 
and in a time because remember every midterm election the party not in power gains seats or almost every you know so if they botch it and fuck up i think that will likely he doesn't want to lose again you know so if it feels like somehow the winds are still blowing against them i think he wouldn't run if they win he'll definitely win he'll do says huvians want to even hear this probably not do you want some better news yeah all right parents of younger kids maureen that's you that's me Kids 5 to 11, Pfizer has submitted an emergency youth authorization request to the Food and Drug Administration for a vaccine for 5 to 11-year-olds. How do you feel, Dan? I feel very good. I, I will say I am not allowing myself to fully get excited because... I feel like the rug could still be pulled out, you know, but what we know right now, uh, the dose is a third of the dose that all of us got. Uh, and an FDA panel is scheduled to hear uh, the presentations on the vaccine safety on October 26th. They didn't exactly clear their schedules for this shit, but uh October 26th is when they will uh, hear. And then the CDC will meet uh, November 2nd and 3rd. And assuming that the VAX passes, this is according to the Washington Post, assuming that the VAX gets through both of those meetings without more information or, you know, a a decision that it's unnecessary or something like that. Uh, It could be going into arms. And this is, again, according to the Washington Post, quote, almost immediately. Wow. Yeah. Uh, The White House coronavirus coordinator, Jeff Zintz, uh, told CNN that they are ready, that they have the supply, that they're working with states to set up convenient locations for parents and kids to get vaccinated, including pediatricians offices and community sites. Up to 20 million doses will be available the first week. Wow. Yeah. Though, again, according to the Washington Post, uh, a lot of places that would be distributing them haven't been told how that will happen. So that feels like uh, maybe something they should sort out. And uh, it is also currently unclear whether health providers can simply divide up existing doses, you know, take a third out of a out of a dose instead of uh, instead of what Pfizer is producing, which are pre-dosed pediatric vials. Um, so that's a little bit unknown, would mm. certainly be helpful for places that are sitting on supply to simply turn their 2000 shots into 6000 shots, you know, um, but we don't actually know if they can do that. And parents of kids under five are still waiting. But even that has some good news. Pfizer said that they are expecting to release data from their six month to five year old trials at the end of this month. And yes. while no. No one is willing to commit to what that means for when the show, those shots will be available. Um, there's all sorts of things that could happen, including them being asked to go back and get more data or something like that. If the timing tracks to the over fives, uh, it's a fairly safe assumption that the under fives would be available to get a vax before the winter holidays. How do you feel? I'm If I allow myself the ability to think that it will happen Mm -hmm. um it's pretty exciting you know for us again we kept our kid out of school uh it means that uh he could be fully vaxxed by the end of winter break and could go back after winter break which would be pretty great how do you think he would because he'll go back in as a first grader yeah yeah so he'll be walking in the door as a first grader yep how excited that's almost weird to think of your child going to school. I know. Yeah. The last time he was in school was a four-year-old preschool classroom for a couple hours a week. So and then he could go back as a full-on first grader. Full-on first grader, full day, you know, from nine till 3.30 or something <sighs> like that. What would you yeah. do? My job. <laughs> That's what I would do. 
I would do my job and not feel like I'm half-assing it. You're not half. I read something you wrote this week, Dan. It was amazing. You're not half-assing anything. I know, there's but that one, was like... There's one half an ass here, and I'm that half of an ass. <laughs> yeah. Um. No, it will be... It will be amazing. Janice and I every now and then are like, that's going to be good, right? Are you just going to sit down in your on it your will, sofa maybe for feel, an hour? I, talking to folks that I know that have had kids that went back already, they're like, the weirdest thing is how quiet your house seems. You know, and I, yeah, I there will definitely be a decompression level of just like... Because it, it to me, it just sort of like a lot of our caution still has to do with the fact that there's someone in our house that is entirely right vulnerable to COVID. And so it it checks a lot of what we need to do. Um, and then like that equation will change pretty dramatically. Yeah, we don't have that. Yeah. We just have us. I mean, but then I saw my parents both get it, even though they were fully right. immunized, which I think really affected how I sure. perceived doing anything. Yeah. It still staggers. It's still like, it still feels like a real head scratcher to me, but. Yeah. Like it, you know, my dad fully immunized, got it and was so sick. Yeah. But survived. Yeah. Like, Anyway, Dan, it's it's exciting. It's there's even discussions about Oscars potentially starting to go back to work. Yeah. This computer equipment may leave our house in November. Whoa, you might get a dining room table again that isn't a folding camp table? If if things hold, then I think the the computer equipment may be going back to the office somewhere in the vicinity of Thanksgiving. Wow. I'm not ready. Yeah, that's going to be a real transition. I'm not, I like it. I like it within here. I'm not, I'm definitely not ready. Yeah. So you should get one of those, uh, like a cardboard cutout, life size cardboard cutout of him. Well, there's talk about because there are people that have joined their company that they've never met in person. Yeah. Yeah. So, They'll they'll all be going to this office for the first time when they go back, and I think these the, the the first discussions are they're not even going back. It's not everybody, and it's not all the time, right? So I think he'll be going in in the afternoons when he goes okay. back, and he'll be here in the morning. Got it. So, you know, it's going to be work. You know, as many people have noted, everything has changed now. Yeah. I, uh, uh, my niece, Janice's sister's kid, uh, started college last year and then, and it was all remote, you know, and then this year actually went back to in-person and there were all these like a normal college thing, like these, you know, welcome freshmen orientation parties and shit like that. And all the sophomores were like, we don't fucking know anything. (laughs) We don't know where anything is. We don't know how anything works and nobody's fucking orienting us or welcoming us. And Yeah, that's true. Didn't they get an in-person orientation? No, they didn't get anything. And so, and so now at least that school is kind of like, you know, suddenly sprinting to try to orient their entire sophomore class because it didn't occur to them before that that might be a little bit alienating. That's nice. That's nice. Yeah. But yeah, there is a lot of that. Just like, how do you, how do you get people back up to speed and back up to, you know, kind of understanding and feeling like they are in a place and that they belong and all of that? Like it's tricky. Well, Dan, I can really relate to that because I may have mentioned this on the bonus episode, but uh, our second elevator has come back into service. Hey, hey, do you just ride it around now? Wait, so we have two elevators, so it feels very luxurious. Um, Man. Also, Dexy has a GI issue again, as I've said. So the other night we did, you know, the four runs in the middle of the night. Oh, my word. Um, She didn't have it last night. Basically, once you give her some metronidazole, that that stops the clock, you know? Yeah. 
but she's been in bed the whole day today. When I looked in there, she had her head on Oscar's pillow and I tucked her in with a little blanket and she was just happily in bed. Um, but then the minute that happened, the other elevator broke. Um, no. Yeah, for real. It went up and down, but the doors wouldn't open. <laughs> That's kind of kind of the important part. So, which always leads me to the terrifying, you know, you, what, the, the idea that the doors will open and the elevator won't be like, that's the, I still oh, check like for that. they'll open and you'll just walk. Fall down the a, shaft. Oh, yeah. yeah. I always look. I didn't ever have that worry till right now. Yeah. I mean, yesterday, Oscar and Dexy almost got hit by a car and I'm still freaked out about it. They, he was starting to walk her across the street and a cab didn't stop. Oh, shit. And I screamed. And I think I scared the cab driver and he hit the brakes and so oh god yeah i'm still a little like uh, uh. dan maybe the city isn't great <sighs> finally no it's, i'm wrong it's great god damn it it's so good here i uh i was doing some zillow dreaming the other day mm-hmm. and i found a place okay beautiful uh, just outside of Santa Fe, New Mexico. All right. On uh, two and a half acres of land. Okay. Three bedrooms, mm-hmm. plus a small work shed with electric mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. a horse barn. Wow. Full of snakes. Full of uh, rattlesnakes. The then. photo actually had a horse, but yes, I'm sure. Like so, hundreds of rattlesnakes in there. Normally, I'm just like, oh, that looks nice. And it was cheap, too. I was like, that is like that is something that a person could afford. Yeah, it's good. And, uh, and I was like, man, that looks kind of cool. And then I was like, you know what? I bet the internet sucks. I'm going to, here's a in here's a query form. I'm going to fill out the query form and just mm-hmm. say, curious what the internet situation is. Because we've been to Santa Fe. The internet situation in Santa Fe proper wasn't the best. I hear back from a mm-hmm. realtor. Yep. Who's like, yeah, uh, the internet is really bad. The property actually looks a lot better in the photos than in reality. Uh, the neighborhood is terrible and it's way overpriced. <laughs> I was like, wow. I wrote back and I said, you know what? I appreciate your honesty. What? I know. <laughs> I don't know what happened there. It seems like the entire job there is to be like, oh, yeah, everything's great. You should come check it out. Might Did someone give that guy a some sodium pentothal or something like that? Yeah. But it was too bad because for a minute there, I was like, I could do that. Damn, so many snakes in the desert. It's all snakes. Yeah, it's okay, though. Dangerous snakes. Yeah. Remember that time I went away? In August, and the, I was like, beautiful pond, I will get in you. And I looked down, and there was just a snake popping out, staring at me. Snake pond. Snake pond. Snake. That's not well, the desert, though. That's not the desert. It's just the when you leave the city, there are just snakes everywhere. Yeah. Everything outside the city is snakes. I think your sewers are probably pretty full of snakes. I don't go in them. Yeah, but they can probably crawl up. Think of what happens when they take your toilet out. Up come They're the snakes. There's nothing snakes. stopping the snakes at that point. Just snakes popping out? Well, I won't Just be here when the snakes are coming out. steady stream of snakes heading up, heading to the light. The thing is that even if there are snakes in there, I don't think they're going to swim up this far. It's pretty high. It's pretty maybe high it's up. Like, maybe it's like a like you know a bunch of daredevil snakes. They're also going to have to make it up to that floor. Very athletic to get up that high. Yeah. Well, you know, I mean, what else are they doing? I don't know. Whatever They're snakes do. sitting around doing taxes or something. They're eating rats. Yeah, eat a rat. That, See how look, high you can go. We got a lot of rats to eat. It's true. We got a lot of rats to eat here, Dan. Speaking of which, I we just put some bird seed out after two or three weeks of no bird seed in order to keep the one rat that was eating shit. Let that rat know they were Well, now you get no raccoons. Grata. What? You get raccoons. Ra- I'm fine with raccoons. I like them too. I'm fine with raccoons and I'm fine with possums. Tell you what though, raccoons, they poop a lot. Yeah, they do. And the poop is super toxic. It's big poopers. Yeah, that poop, my raccoon poop will kill a person for real. Really? 
Yeah, it's super toxic. It's I mean, really if you bad. eat it, who's eating raccoon poop, Dan? Well, I, I think it's a if you touch it and then you end up kind of not washing your hands and things who's, like that. Who is touching raccoon poop? Well, not me. Just saying people. Who? Many people. I don't think that many people are going around touching raccoon poop. Well, few. Good. We had don't some start. Some raccoons that came to my parents' house and they just decided their back deck was like the bathroom. They were pooping all over mm, the deck. That's not great. So they had to get those raccoon that that um the the coyote piss pellets. Oh yeah. Yeah. That's what happens when you're outside the city. Raccoons poop on your deck, so you have to buy rac- coyote piss. And then the, the snakes. The snakes. It's okay. I don't have there's no coyotes in New York. Yeah, there, I bet you there are. There are coyotes in Chicago. There's no we have raccoons for sure, but they live in Central Park and they will chase you. I uh, bet you've got I bet you've got coyotes in Central Park. There are coyotes no. everywhere. We yes. would we have we would have seen someone would have seen a number the, of years ago now, a coyote walked through downtown Chicago, walked into a Quiznos subs and just sat down, hung out in the Quiznos. Bullshit. A hundred percent. There is, there is no, there was never a coyote in Quiznos. You made that up. Quiznos, Chicago, coyote. I don't even have to finish. All I need to do is Quiznos, Chicago, C. Did they give him a sandwich? I would have. Chicago Tribune, 2007. This was a while ago. Headline. Mm -hmm. So this coyote walks into a Quiznos. April 4th, 2007. Maybe it was the smell of the smoked turkey on rosemary Parmesan bread. Shortly after lunchtime on Tuesday, a docile coyote nonchalantly wandered through the propped open door of a Quiznos submarine sandwich shop in downtown Chicago. The handful of startled customers calmly walked out of the shop, Quiznos manager Bina Patel said. It was kind of like a medium-sized dog, Patel said. At first, we thought it was a dog. We don't get dogs walking in, but it's more believable than a coyote. That doesn't happen here in the city, Dan. And I'll tell you that later on, the urban coyote was the second in less than a week picked up in the city. We did have a guy running around the village with a samurai sword. (laughs) Oh, well, that's way better. I'm not saying it's great. About 10 to 15 coyotes are captured every year in Chicago. We don't have that. We don't have that. They usually live near waste containers and railroad tracks. There you go. We uh the the teen and I were walking our dog probably a month or two ago uh, in our neighborhood, which is, you know, sort of a chill suburban neighborhood. There is a uh, canal that leads to the Chicago River, probably two blocks from us that is forested on either side. And um, a lot of wildlife lives there and coyotes definitely live there and coyotes have been seen in our neighborhood. We were walking our dog dark three fucking coyotes come tear assing around the corner just running full bore full speed around the corner but thankfully blow right by us and just keep going and was just like what the fuck was that so there are coyotes all over the sound like a out of twilight yeah maybe it was they were playing baseball that's not the that's not the werewolves that's only vampires because they're so fast. I only know this reference from you. So. Vampire baseball scenes. Best scene ever made in a movie. <laughs> anyway. Was that song by Supermassive Black Hole? <laughs> is made possible by you through your support of our Patreon at patreon.com slash says who. Our theme music is performed by Ted Leo. Our logo is designed by Darth. You can contact us at says who podcast on Twitter. You can email at hey, that is H-E-Y at says who podcast.com. You can join the discussion on Facebook at slash group slash says whovians. Our Facebook group is moderated by Janice Dillard. If you want to join the fan run discord, you can also go to tinyurl.com slash says who discord and spread the word, subscribe, and please leave stars and reviews on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen. And you can join us next 
Wednesday, impossibly October 20th, for our next episode. And from my basement in Chicago, I am Dan Sinker. And I'm Maureen Johnson. And this has been Says Who. Vampire baseball, man. So sparkly, so fast. They climb up trees. Like little, real fast. I'm going to make you watch Twilight, Dan. I'm going to make you watch all of them. I don't know about that.